everyone. Good morning. Good morning. So, you know, there's a time for politeness, and that's nearly all the time. But then isn't there a time sometimes to just say, like, what's going on? What's going on? What's up with that? So everyone's nervous. Like, is this going to be that morning? Can we do that, though? Can we just, like, ask an honest question and, and it'll be okay? All right. Here it is. <laughs> you all didn't agree, did you? Where have all the crazy people come from? Right? Does it suddenly seem like they just come out of the woodwork from everywhere? They're everywhere at all times. What, what has happened to us? What, there was always a little, you know, town weirdy when I was a kid, but now it's most of the town. It's most of the town. Where have all these, where has it all come from? You know, I was, um, I was at a uh, bitter people. Like, let's talk about the bitter people, the bitter, angry people. Where have they all come from? I was at a stop sign about a couple months ago. And I'll admit it, I, I went past the white line. My nose was further out in the intersection than it's supposed to be. I totally will own that. But the death look that I got and the slow down and make, just, just burned holes through my face. I just thought, sitting there, who has this much energy to hate a total stranger with such intensity? Where has it come from? Where have all the lonely people come from? All the lonely people come from. So for all the years we lived where we live, uh, always girls would come up and knock on the door to play with our daughter. And she always had people to play with. And our son, no boys ever came and knocked on the door. And we would walk around the block and like the nearest boy we would see would be like three blocks away, four blocks away from our house. We actually would pray, Lord, that some boys would move into the neighborhood so our son could grow up with some friends. And some came and qu went very quickly, but no boys. Then comes the first day of middle school. So now the school's too far away to walk to or your folks to drive you to, so you have to go to the bus stop. And, I, and the bus stop right in front of our house has a dozen boys standing there, pasty, pale, skin grown over the eyes, boys who had never left their house. I'm not kidding you, they lived there for 13 years. We never saw them outside. Our son said he didn't know who any of them were. He said they'd lost the power of speech. I had a friend call me once and uh, he said, he got, he's laughing, he said, my sister just called me. She said she's on the side of the road with a flat tire. Could I help her? She lives in Springfield. I called my parents to say, what's going on with my sister? They said, she just called us too. They lived in Chicago. He said, now here's the funny part. He said, my sister has 800 Facebook friends. She has 800 Facebook friends, but no one farther, uh, closer than two and a half hours when she has a flat tire on the side of the road that can help. How do we get all these lonely people? Proverbs 27.10 says, do not forsake your friend or the friend of your parent. Don't go to the house of your kindred in the day of your calamity. Better a neighbor who's nearby than kindred who are far away. Better to have some friends who are right there than someone who lives in Kansas City, Chicago. Can you help me with my flat tire? Where have all the clueless people come from? You know, they live inside this bubble of reality and they just don't know how the world is outside of there. I was at a party a few years ago and some guys were standing around talking about how they're changing the rules for offshore accounts. 
and, and they're gonna start taxing people's offshore accounts and their friend who is not rich by any stretch of the imagination, he's gonna get decimated by this. Somebody said, which friend? They said, Keith. And uh, oh yeah, the other person said, Keith is by no stretch of the imagination rich. At this point, I had to know. I go, what's Keith make? They said, 650. I said, 650 dollars? He has an offshore account? They said, no, no, 650,000. Oh, 650,000 a year, but by no stretch of the imagination. You can't stretch your imagination to call over a half a million dollars a year rich, can you? Good grief, what's that make all of us? Can I have some more, please? How do you get that clueless where you don't know what the world is like that everyone lives in? How about purposelessness, pointlessness? Ness, ness. I made up words and they didn't work. But I, so several, when I was in my, just turned 30, one of my friends uh, took his own life. Okay, and so they, they called me to speak at his funeral, although we had not spoken in 12 years. There was no one, I guess, else who could speak at the funeral. So I go to the funeral. And they had the funeral director do the ceremony. He clearly had one of these plug and play ceremonies. So he gets to this part about charity and what the deceased has done for others. And, and what he said was that five years ago at work, he gave a donation to the United Way. I mean, we looked at his life and wanted to say what he had done for other people. All he could conjure up was a donation to the United Way fundraiser at work five years previous. How, how do we get like this? I'm going to say that we are making choices every day. You and I are making choices every day that are deciding, are we going to be bitter or are we going to be grateful? Are we going to be lonely or are we going to be loved? Are we going to be clueless or are we going to be still learning? Are we going to uh, be leaving a legacy or are we going to have this pointless, really hard to sum up existence. And I'm going to say this morning that a lot of those choices revolve around how much we embrace or take for granted or completely ignore other people, those around us. Now, before we go there and say that, that that's a big decision that we're all making every day, let's take a test. We're going to take a test about you five years ago. Okay, so let's roll back to 2017. 2017, that was three years before COVID. Do you remember anything before COVID? So three years before the pandemic, how were you living? Where were you living? What were you doing? Okay. Compared to then, do you spend more time watching news and scrolling through things on social media now than you did five years ago? You spend more time doing that kind of thing now than you did five years ago, yes or no? Um, uh, do you travel with friends, go out with friends, invite people over to your house uh, less now than you did five years ago? Five years ago, were you having people over more and going more places with people than you are now? Yes? Do you generally find people less tolerable and more exhausting now than you did five years ago? Yes? yes. <laughs> These are supposed to be rhetorical, but let's have an amen. Um, if you needed to move a heavy object today, if you think of four people you could call, is it harder now to think of people that aren't related to you than it was five years ago? Who you just call up and say, hey, I gotta move this thing. What are you doing? Is it harder now than it was five years ago to think of someone who's not related to you? Do you find it harder now to find a reason to do anything with your free time other than just relax? 
than you did five years ago. Five years ago, was your free time mostly just like, I gotta relax? Is it, or is it more like that now? Every yes that you're giving is a sign that you are some level of isolated and moving deeper into isolation and moving faster and faster into being that person you don't wanna be that you keep running into, that, that you know, bitter, lonely, clueless, pointless person as you are uh, uh, cocooning up. Now, this is church. This is church. We come here for the good news of Jesus Christ. And the good news of God this morning is that he's given us a way out of this. He's given us a way to repent, to turn this around and head the other way out of isolation. And that uh, gift he's given us is sitting all around you right now. It's everyone in the room and everyone who is gonna be here next week, right? God has given us this gift of each other. Jesus Christ created the church to give us what we need to not become bitter, lonely, clueless, pointless. And in our model of church, we have a couple of ways to get at that gift, to get that gift of others into your life. The first one that I'm not gonna talk a ton about is serving. Actually, when you serve together, you're together, right? There's a bunch of people this morning who were cooking up breakfast for us. And I bet they talked about all kinds of stuff and know stuff about each other they didn't know when they walked in this morning. Um, it, you know, some folks are doing it right now in a kid zone, or it's not called that anymore, trailhead, uh, kindling, campfire, you know, they're doing that. Uh, some uh, of you got the building ready to go. Some of you led us in worship. Gold stars for all of you. Some of you are gonna do all that stuff next week or the week after, gold stars for all of you. Those are community getting at the gift of each other moments. Uh, the one I wanna talk more about today is small groups. Katrina talked about that at the beginning. So what's a small group if you're newer to church? Small groups is when like three to 10 people get together on some sort of regular basis, usually once a week, sometimes every other week. And they get together in a home or maybe a, a room here in the church and they get together and pray or read a book together and discuss it or study some of the scriptures together. Proverbs uh, is a book of the Bible, chapter 13, verse 20 says, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools suffers harm. Small groups is a place where you can walk with the wise. It's a place where you will grow. You will grow in small groups because here's the truth about you and I both. It's hard for us to think new thoughts. We tend to just recycle our old thoughts. It's hard for us to have a truly new thought. It happens every once in a while and surprises even us, right? Um, um, it's, it's hard, but you get around other people and they just have different thoughts, which then stimulates you to think new thoughts. For instance, I thought for years that I knew what marriage counseling was and that it was something that I didn't, would not benefit from because I already knew what it was until I actually had friends in a small group who had done marriage counseling. They told me what it really was. And I figured out from their description that I needed it. And we went and it really, it did. It took our marriage to another level. If you want a level deeper or a level higher of coolness, whatever. It, it did, it, it was a new thought. It was a new thought. And uh, it really, God used that. 
Um, you always hear praying the Psalms, right? Open your Bible to the middle is the book of Psalms. We're going to, you should pray the Psalms. I never understood that. Like I can read the Psalms. What's it mean to pray the Psalms? Well, the same small group, I had a friend in there who taught me like, here's how you pray the Psalms. Now, once you've done it, you're like, well, I mean, no duh, but I couldn't think that thought. I couldn't do that until I saw someone else do that. So that has helped me grow closer to God. We all want to grow, I hope, closer to God. And so uh, be around other people. Walk with the wise. In small groups, you can actually discern the meaning of Scripture. Did you know in Jesus' day, they would not read the Bible unless it was nine other people to read it with them. That's what a, that's what a synagogue was, and you couldn't form one until you had ten. And, and, and we see this happen. We've reflected on this many times in the men's discipleship breakfast small group. If you join that, you, you'll see this happen. We'll all be sitting around. Sometimes there's 10 of us. Sometimes there's five. We make do. Um, and you're reading a scripture, and it's like a kind of a head scratcher. So everybody starts going, well, I kind of heard this. And, well, I thought this. And I wonder if it could mean that. And we go around, and then somewhere in there, somebody, one or two, say something, and you'll see the whole room go, oh, yeah, that's it. That's it. The Lord's in that. And that's the moment the Holy Spirit uses the group to help us discern the meaning of Scripture. And that happens when we gather together, and it happens a couple times a month in there. I, I always is a, uh, love to see it happen. Small groups is a place where you eventually, if you hang in there, you'll eventually get spiritual support that you need for some of the most difficult stuff you'll go through. Um, I remember several years ago, my daughter was in junior high. Uh, she's having a hard time. So the whole family's having a hard time. It's a hard time. And I go to a small group, and we're supposed to be reading this uh, C.S. Lewis book or something. And uh, everyone's like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, oh, you know, I just said what my daughter's going through. And it was really devastating. We just found out some of it. And, and I will always cherish this, this moment. The guy sitting next to me. He grabs the arm on my chair and just squeezes it. He leans over real close. He goes, Garrett, I went through that same thing when I was in middle school. And I just wanted to die. His face rolled up with tears and I just looked in his face and I saw what my daughter was feeling. But I also saw some hope. Like I'm not the only person to go through this. He's gone through it, and he's a man of God, and he's here. He made it through. There's hope in this. And that, that night was really the beginning of a lot of, of healing for her and for us and my whole family. Just that hope. Imagine if I hadn't shown up to a small group that night or if I just said, I'm fine. would have missed all that. Small group is a place where you can get affirmation. You can get affirmation. This is especially important for those of you who just come to Christ within the last year, right? You try to follow God, now you're living a different way and you're finding now you're out of step, you're becoming weird to other people that you know, right? We have different rules for what kids and can and can't do when we're trying to follow Jesus. So our parent rules are different. We have different rules or at least thoughts, not so much rules, but different ways of looking at money and spending and debt and how we handle all that than most other people do. We have really different rules for dating. Um, and, and so uh, small groups is a place where you can come back and say, I feel so weird and my friends think I'm weird and my family thinks I'm weird. And people could say, oh no, you're not weird. 
You're not weird. You've chosen the way of life. You've chosen a way of wisdom. Remember, you used to do all that other stuff and that got you into the bad spot you got into. You're not weird. You're fine. You're more than fine. You're chasing after God and it's gonna go to a good place. And here's a room full of people who have gone in that good place a few steps ahead of you and it's, it's just fine. And you can walk out a small group and go, okay. Uh, most of the reason I go to small group these days is just to say what's going on at my house and hear like, oh, you're not the worst dad in the world. Uh, <laughs> these things happen to other people. Small groups is a place to get help. I, I came to small group one time. I said, you know, guys, I just looked around this morning and I realized every toilet and every faucet in my house leaks. I kid you not. Even the faucets on the outside leak. The faucets on the inside leak. All the toilets leak. They flush themselves five, six, seven times a day. I said, I am not handy. This is going to take all day. And, and three guys go, oh, we can just come over after a small group. They literally called their wives, said, I'll be home in a minute. And they came over to my house and really within 35 minutes, they had all the faucets not leaking anymore. What a blessing. Now, what do people ever get when they're in a small group with me? <laughs> well, um, well, you know, some of them are handy and they're like always fixing their houses and stuff like willingly before stuff breaks. And um, I can't do any of that, but I can push a broom. I can hammer the nails back out of the boards. He can reuse it. I can carry the bricks from this part to that part, take all that stuff out to the dumpster. I can do like the job site cleanup so they can stay on the, the skilled part, the stuff they're good at and do what they do. So you can get help. You can get help in small groups. Small groups anchor friendships precisely because they have a structure. So watch this, the very thing you're afraid of in a small group, which is, I can never commit to something that meets every week. That, that is something the devil whispers to you. You can't do that, you, you travel too much. You can't do that, your, your kids have some activities sometimes. So, so does everybody. So do, you're fine. You're gonna miss a couple, the leader's gonna miss a couple. It's fine, don't let Satan steal that away from you. Precisely the thing you're afraid of is what's gonna make those friendships, because how many friends have you had that you just kind of drifted apart from because you just forgot to put it on the calendar? And now it's been two years. But small groups, you know, that's Tuesday at 7.30. So when you're done, you're like, that was fun. You don't have to get out your calendar and go, ooh, when can we do this again? Uh, it's Tuesday at 7.30. It's next Tuesday at 7.30, as a matter of fact. And so pretty soon it becomes self-reinforcing. Like you'll find, you'll know you're in the sweet spot when your small group does have to cancel and then you're home and he goes, ooh, it feels weird to be home at Tuesday at 7.30. It's like now it's a habit. Now your friendship is a habit. Your body's telling you, you shouldn't be here. You should be with others. That's when you've got, that's when you've arrived. That, that will keep those friendships going precisely because it anchors it in a structure. Small groups is a place to, where we pray for one another and that prayer develops gratitude and depth of character. Because, you know, you're someone like me, you show up to small groups, you're like, oh, my kid won't study for final exams and this is a big year for that. And I, I, I either want to pray that they will study or that I will at least not make a fool of myself ranting and raving about it. And everybody's like, okay, we'll pray for you, you know, not to turn into psycho dad. And then the next person prays, they're like, I'm praying that after this next surgery, my daughter will be able to walk. And all of a sudden, I have a lot different perspective about my life. Like, why am I ranting and raving? You know, it's, 
Shakespeare class. Who cares? My kid can walk. I can lighten up. And if you are the parent who's praying that your kid can walk, to have other people to go through that with you and to say, this is hard for you too. How can I pray for you? And how did that go? And it's priceless to have people walk through that hard journey with you. Proverbs 12, 15 says, fools think their own way is right. Fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to advice. Small groups is a place to get no BS feedback. Small groups is a place to get no BS feedback. BS stands for blind self. What did you think it stood for? <laughs> Naughty people. Um, so there's a, way of, there's a way of looking at yourself where you can say like there's four parts to you, right? There's your open self. That's what you know about you and everyone knows it too. Open self. Then there's the hidden, I uh, know the private self, the private self. And that's what you know, but no one else knows that. Then there's the hidden self. Uh, that's what you don't know about yourself and nobody else knows it either. And someday when that comes out, every, you and everyone else will go, wow, who knew that was in there? But then there's the blind self. The blind self is a weird one. That's what you don't know, but everybody else does. Now, sometimes the blind self is positive, like you don't know you're pretty, everyone else does, says one direction. Or you don't know uh, that you're talented, but everyone else does, right? Um, but most of the time, blind self is pretty negative. Like you don't know that you're hateful. You don't know that you're annoying. You don't know that you're cruel. You don't know that you're exhausting. But everyone else around you knows this. If you have a hard time keeping friendships, a hard time keeping jobs, and it mystifies you, I'm willing to bet you have an enormous blind self. Small groups is, is your only shot. Your only shot at contacting your blind self. Because you're in this group and Jesus does his work and compassion toward you blossoms. And, then, and people care about you enough, they're willing to take a chance to ask, have you ever noticed this? I've been in small groups uh, where people said, Garrett, you worry so much, it's a sin. It's an affront to God you worry so much. I've been in small groups, they said, Garrett, you need to pull the stick out. This is a family show. They meant of the mud. <laughs> I've been in small groups where they said, Christmas is not all about you. I've been in small groups where they said, no matter how angry you are, you can't be anything but the dad who forgives them and takes them back, just like your father in heaven forgives you and takes you back. Every one of those things hurt. Every one of those things hurt to hear but they were my only chance to change because I could not see those things. And you will never know this piece until you've had it happen to you that you can go to, after facing something of your blind self and been presented to you and admitting the truth of it, that you can then go to someone else and say, I'm sorry that all these years you have had to put up with this. And you'll never know the joy of hearing them say, not just, oh, I forgive you, but also seeing the weight come off of them as they realize this part of you that they have been tortured by and just felt helpless, They're, that now you see it and they have hope that their life will change because you're gonna change. It is just a priceless gift from God, however much it hurt to hear 
that everyone around you can have hope. God has saved my life over and over again with this. I need small groups again because I still have blind self unattended. You, you all know this and I don't. That's the weird part. You're all like, I hope a small group tells them about, you know. So small group signups is three weeks away. Small group leadership lunch is next week. Some of you may have, you know, said that you're not going to that and maybe you should rethink that. Maybe you should send a message back to Pastor Martin and say, you know what, I do think I should lead a small group. I'll do the best I can. I won't be able to do it for 18 weeks or whatever, but, or 16 or 12, or it's not much, but maybe I do need to do that. Maybe I do need to lead. Maybe you need to form a group. Uh, all of us need to sign up for one. Start talking to your friends. Are we going to do that this fall? Let's be more serious than we were last spring. Let's, let's you know, let's tighten it up. Um, or maybe you need to look for one. All of us need to sign up for one. In three weeks when the signups come, all of us need to contact all these gifts God has given us so that we don't slide foolishly into bitter, lonely, clueless, pointless. Uh, someone uh, uh, has come to share a story about taking this, this journey themselves. Um, and so uh, let's welcome Paige. Knopfsiger, and this is my story. It takes a lot of courage to accept an invitation to join a small group. When my family started attending Lakeland over eight years ago, it wasn't long after I knew I wanted to be more connected and what better way than through a small group, right? Well, while my desire to join a small group was strong, so were the negative voices in my head. They went something like this. Paige, you don't have time for a small group. These women have known each other a long time. Paige, you won't fit in. Paige, you don't know much about the Bible. Paige, there's no way you can juggle a small group with three busy kids and a husband pulling you in every direction. Satan was attacking me and wanting me to give in to those negative thoughts, but the Holy Spirit kept pushing me to sign up. I mustered up the courage and decided to have an open conversation with a couple of close friends about my desire to join a small group as well as my fears. One was Lori Wilburn, and the other one was Catherine Goddard. We all had met a few years earlier because of our kids' involvement in competitive swimming. In 2015, we decided to start a small group with some other swim moms. We rallied seven women together to join, um, each with such diverse and different stories. Some of the ladies attended church, some didn't, but each had a desire to learn more about God and wanted to grow in faith. This small group became a highlight of my summers for years to come. After having a taste of what small group could be, could be like, I was ready to sign up at Lakeland. I pushed back those negative thoughts and signed up to join the Study at the Well weekly morning small group. I've been with my Lakeland small group for almost seven years now. Crystal Belt leads our, our group of amazing ladies. She likes to say she is one of God's willing vessels who is called to lead us but is just like each, each of us, no better or no worse. I've gained and discovered so much more than I ever could have imagined about myself and my faith from small group. 
The women of Lakeland are strong, vulnerable, growing, imperfectly perfect, honest, supportive, fun, wonderful listeners, committed to one another, provide accountability, encouragement, and most of all, to know Jesus by having an open heart and are all seeking to know Jesus by having an open heart and putting their faith first. I've learned that being there each week is important even when it seems hard. Keeping my Wednesday mornings clear for small group is truly life-giving. I absolutely love my small group and how each season is different. All I have to do is show up and trust that we will hear what God is calling us to do that season. Our group has done some really thought-provoking studies. We've served the Lee Summit community and each other. We've learned about the importance of never giving up and not becoming complacent. I would encourage each of you to find a small group if you aren't already in one, so you too can be in community and live in the life. My name is Paige Knopfsiger, and this is my story. Amen. Oh,